Hello, hello. You are listening to Why the World Needs You podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Fritz. This podcast has been created to empower you to become the person you've always wanted to be. The journey is difficult and the challenges are many, but the rewards of being true to yourself are immeasurable. The objective of this show is to give you a safe, supportive space to learn, gain inspiration, and witness the true power and freedom that comes with becoming the person that you are meant to be. Why the World Needs You is a community of purpose-driven individuals who are passionate, gifted, and have a zest for life. They deeply desire to share their unique voice and gifts in order to make the world a better place for themselves and future generations. They are pulled to a different way of living and a higher purpose, while remaining grounded in their desire to engage and contribute in practical ways. My goal is for you to walk away from each episode with confidence and conviction, sharing your authentic self with the world, as well as a deepening understanding of your potential to impact the world in a way that makes sense to you. I'm honored to have this privilege. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day and your journey. Hello, and welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. Today, I have on Brave New Matt, a writer, speaker, entrepreneur, and mentor. Matt is on a journey to become his highest self and is sharing the lessons he is learning along the way to empower others to become their highest selves as well. He's currently exploring topics on philosophy, mindfulness, spirituality, and environmental sustainability. And he does so through optimistic, open-minded, courageous, and loving reflection. Matt, thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on to have this conversation uh, I always like reading these intros because it's, you know, like clearly I'm reading it, but it's something that I've already kind of like felt from you. And so to like hear you encapsulated into words is, is cool. And, uh, a lot of these things I resonate with myself and that's kind of how we got connected by, you know, we through Alyssa, um, our, our mutual friend on Instagram, uh, somebody who I love, who's been on my podcast, uh, who I'm doing a lot of work with actually as well. And we've got some cool stuff going on. Um, but I found you through her and you immediately just kind of struck me with your energy, uh, a lot of, and I want to bring this up right at the beginning of the podcast and we'll see if we take this anywhere, but for me, a lot of times I, I have not found other men in my life who I've really resonated with. I'm, I'm a sensitive guy. I uh, am very intentional about what I say, how I show up. And that's not to say that other men aren't, but there, there's a lot that I haven't kind of connected with. I, I don't always feel, I, sometimes I feel like there's a gap. And with you, uh, I didn't feel that. I, I felt very much like we were on the same wavelength and uh, we connected after that and we we were. So that was fun. Um, but but yes, so I'm excited to have the combo and I'm curious to know um, if you have any immediate thoughts on on that and right off the bat. Oh, yeah. First of all, likewise, you know, I felt like we first touched base, I don't know, a couple, probably a couple months ago at this point, maybe six months ago. We've been chatting back and forth for quite a while. Yeah. And I felt the same off of, your energy as well, you know, just the first time I visited your profile, saw the work that you were doing, the stories, the posts, the podcast, it was very much in line sort of with the work that I'm doing. And you touched on that component about sort of that relatable masculinity, right? And I think it's important for people like you and me to come together in this space, especially on the, in the Instagram, I would call it like the mental wellness lifestyle um, space Mm -hmm. it's very much um, I don't know if you've had this experience but most of my connections in that space are are mostly women which is great because I love connecting with women in the space but it's um, it's rare that I'll find um, another man in the space doing similar work or at least a lot less so it was great to connect with you and um, and we've been bouncing ideas off each other and, and having great conversations and now we're doing this podcast to share some of that with, with uh, the world, which I think is super cool. And, and yeah, you touched on Alyssa brought us together. Alyssa's great. Uh, good people attract good people, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that really does kind of feel like what it is. Um, it, it just seems like 
the the population, the demographic is generally women in the um, kind of the mental health space, things around spirituality, um, just all these things that are generally a little bit more sensitive or a little bit more emotional related. Uh, and so I do think that it is important that we normalize this for, for men and can have conversations like this and um, they, they can just be conversations and it's not like, Oh God, here they go talking about their feelings or, you know, like <laughs> exactly. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's, it wasn't exactly the, the theme for the podcast or anything today. I just thought that was interesting. Um, so yeah, to get two things at the beginning here, why don't you just tell us, you know, I read the little blurb, but why don't you tell us a little bit who you really are and kind of, um, you know, how you've gotten to where you're at right now. Sure. Great, Ben. So yeah, who am I? That's a really, you know, kind of profound question when you really dig past the surface level entities of descriptors of who I am. But when you really talk about like, who is Matt? Who is this guy? You know, somebody, I would describe myself as somebody who is on a mission to truly align with purpose and discover what it is I'm meant to do here. And upon reflection and, you know, years, years of self-reflection and experimentation of trying different things and failing at lots of them and failing at most of them, quite frankly, <laughs> come to this sort of spot where I am now, where it's, you know, I, my inclination is that I'm here to be helpful to people. Hmm. You know, I've been gifted with a certain amount of resource and a certain amount of skill and I guess right now, like, I'm just trying to do my best to make the best use of that resource and skill. And the areas of which I think I can be the most useful is one of them is that I do through my Brave New Matt kind of persona that you're familiar with and that I do work with on social media. And it's through really helping people align with their purpose in life and become the best version of themselves that they can be really aligned with that higher calling, that higher self. And so that's one of the sort of the aspects I'm working in. This other aspect is this entrepreneurial business side where I'm so just a bit of a background about me. For those who may not know, I come from a, an applied science background in environmental engineering, and uh, I'm actually still a master's student. So I, I also apply sort of my knowledge on um, the environment and how we can address changing climate and, and make the world just a, a healthier and more sustainable place for people now and the future generations. So those are the two areas that I'm, I'm working in. And those are the two areas that I think I'm most useful in right now. So when I ask who am I, I suppose the answer is somebody who's here to help empower others so that they can heal themselves and heal the environment around them. Love that as a, a nutshell kind of recap there. Um, and Really, I, w I wouldn't change a whole lot about myself either. Uh, so again, it makes sense why we're connected and kind of on the same page and see a lot of things the same way. Something that I'm curious about, and of course, I know a little bit uh, about it, but I'm curious how you got to that place. Because to me, that's a very clear, who am I? Like for most people, that's incredibly clear because uh, a lot of people don't have that. How did you... What was kind of the, the the messy journey to get to that point? And I know that because I know our conversations around that, but I also know because you even just mentioned uh, having a lot of failures to this point. And this is something I really, really like and want to potentially uh, talk a little bit more about after you share some, because uh, the the failure thing is, there's a lot there. So anyways, curious how you kind of, what was the messy process or journey to get to this point? Sure. And yeah, absolutely. Then we're going to unpack this a lot because there's a lot there. The messy journey that the reality is it's still, you know, it's still messy. We're not going to, we're not going to make up and pretend that it was the past and now it's all <laughs> figured out. Like we're still, I'm sure you're aligned yep. with this too. Like still very much figuring it out. Right. When do we ever uh, have it all figured out? I totally, my hypothesis is that never really happens for us humans, but yeah, there's a bit of a history and a, a lead up to this point. I wasn't just, you know, I didn't just emerge in this state. There was a lot of um, exploration and a lot of trial and error. And if I go back 
wow, I don't know where I'd have to start to give the full story, but maybe just enough of it would be a couple, a couple years back, let's say about three or four years ago, you know, I was living this life. So, um, I suppose I was following this path in life that I had set from a young age and whether I set it fully, or it was a combination of, you know, family setting it for me, the world setting it for me. So societal norms setting it for me, my friendship setting for me, my teachers, guidance counselors, whoever, there was this path that was prescribed to me that I adhered to. And that was to go to, you know, go to school, um, work on my marks, be the highest in my class. Uh, almost got there. It was pretty close, but not quite. Mm. Uh, I pursued a STEM career and, you know, I went to university for it. I got a bachelor's degree in engineering. Um, and I suppose I had prescribed this route that this is what I needed to be successful and to be happy was to land this career. And, you know, I graduated from school. I landed a, I got a job. I was very fortunate. I got a job in the industry, not quite what I wanted in terms of jobs, not quite the uh, exact field of interest, but in the industry, nonetheless, in engineering right off the bat. So that was um, a big win for me. And, you know, being young at the time, well, maybe I'm still young, but being younger at the time and earning, uh, having that sort of career um, given to me, well, not given to me, but, you know, set in place already and receiving sort of the rewards of that, you know, high paying salary. I was able to move out of my parents' house and get, get an apartment in a world-class city. I was living in Toronto at the time, um, which, I'm not sure if you're familiar with is one of Canada's most expensive cities to live in. So for a young person to be living downtown uh, was quite impressive. And, you know, I had my own vehicle and I was um, had this relationship that would had this solid foundation. And, you know, I had started realizing that um, I suppose at a very young age, I had acquired a lot of sort of the trophies and treasures of life that a lot of people seek out. And, the weird thing was, Ben, was that once I got all of these things, let's say three or four years ago, you know, I, I didn't feel like I made it. I didn't feel happy. It's like there's that piece was missing. Like, like I was good. Like things were fine. Right. Like I was, um, but I wasn't like ecstatic or joyful about life anymore. It was like, I had this feeling of being, is this it? Like I'm, you know, at the time, oh, maybe 22, 23 this age. And I felt like, wow, is this like all life has to offer me or is there, is there more? And at the time, um, you know, I didn't really take action on this feeling. And I had this gut feeling that there was more for me. I didn't know what it was, but I was kind of scared to go get it because I was scared to lose this net I had built this cocoon of, you know, the nice, the safe relationship, the safe job, the, stable life right this and what was lacking there was this wanting to take a risk and to and to pursue that that um that inner calling let's say that there was something more for me so i ignored that calling for a couple of years and you know things started to rapidly decline for me and you know i like to think that signs are always presented to us quite frequently when we need to make action in life. And I think more and more signs were being presented to me, opportunities, doorways, people reaching out for me to pursue that higher calling, but I like ignored all of them. And maybe it was fear. I didn't want to take a risk. I was in that comfort zone of life, but what inevitably happened to me, Ben was eventually because I didn't make that change myself. I didn't pursue that calling. The change was made for me. And I would probably describe 2017 as being the most difficult year of my entire life. 2016, 2017, that transition, but probably 2017 was like this climax moment. It was like the, if I, my life was a, was a play, it would be like the act one climax that like sets the story in motion. Right. And there was, yeah, just everything kind of fell apart that, um, that relationship I spoke about um, came to an end. And that was after seven years of being in it. Um, uh, I had some, f some family, let's say some issues within my family that were causing um, a lot of grief. Um, you know, some of my friendships, um, there was a lot of difficulty there. I almost lost a good friend of mine. Um, I lost that job I was working in, um, that's, which meant I had to move out from my, uh, my place in Toronto and just a lot of things changed very quickly within the span of about a four month period. 
and I'd say the climax to all of that, the thing that changed the most was actually, and this was the biggest wake up was my physical health started, started to go as well. Um, these problems that I was having were manifesting in my body as well. And it actually resulted me in me ending up in the hospital. And I'm somebody who's been very fortunate and blessed with a body that's really been, that's really taken care of me my whole life. I've never had significant um, health complications, but this was the first time in my life that I had something significant. And that was really scary. And um, yeah, I suppose I found myself in a position where I realized that all the things that I thought was safe about my life and I thought would have forever and I would just be fine with it was very quickly not safe and it was all gone. And then I was left with just me. And when I no longer had, like quite literally, I was, I was reflecting on the night I was in the hospital. It was just me in a blue robe. That was it. I had nothing else on me. And I had this moment of rethinking, like no one was with me. And I was, it was just me. And, and, and my mom came eventually love my mom. Okay. So it was me and my mom. <laughs> uh, but the, like what I was really thinking about was, um, you know, like all the stuff that I built up in my life that was protecting me and making me feel safe was no longer really there. And I had to make a choice that if I was going to keep living, um, I was going to do it and really find that calling, find that thing and to take, start taking the risks. And from that moment on, I decided that I would take more control of my life, more control of my happiness, uh, really take the power for myself and be a little bit more courageous because I think that's what was lacking was this ability to pursue the higher calling, the, the courage piece. And that's actually when I started, that's when I would say I started this pursuit into Brave New Matt. And it's kind of where the name comes from a little bit. I hope that was a, was a good encapsulation. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. And it's, <laughs> it's honestly just so interesting to sit here and listen to it because it's eerily similar to my path uh, there's just so many pieces of it that are, you know, the details are different, but, uh, the, the major pieces of it are so, so similar. Um, but it's, it's meaningful, right. And, and that's kind of what I take from, you know, kind of how you wrap that up was like you said, you were like, okay, well, if, you know, now I want things or need things to be different moving forwards. And, um, the, the, the courage piece, but it does, it just does give you a different perspective. Right. And like, we always talk about how, um, you know, major life events do this and, and they do, they always do, um, whether that's your own health, whether that's a loved one's health, uh, death, you know, all these things that are, are really challenging, scary and painful often shift our perspective and shift, you know, even the full paradigm that we're living in. So for you, I'm curious, like, what were the, like, with that and coming out of that, what were, so courage is like the first one you said, I'm curious if there are any other, like, did you have specific things that you were like, this is how I'm going to move forward as being, or these are things that I'm going to, going to do? Like, what did that clarity look like for you or was there still a, a feeling of clarity but kind of messy when it came to the details of it yeah that's a great question um i suppose the way i want to answer this is just saying that when i let's say emerged into this new life that i wanted to live for myself i set maybe some ground rules and they're kind of like almost like the grand ground rules and philosophy that I live off of now in my life. And it's kind of a couple things. It's, it's not very complex, but it's like um, living by certain virtues to a, to a T like um, integrity is a big one who I am and really matching my words with my actions. I think, you know, actions always speak louder than words. So no longer really caring about outside. I mean, this is the difficult one, but no longer really caring about other people's sort of opinions on the way I should be conducting myself and really emerging myself sort of as a leader in that sense to show that other people can do that too. And it's okay. Like it's okay to be authentically you. Um, sometimes we like, as a, as a culture, we want to really, we want to seek safety in other people and we want to align with other people. So we, we take on their belief systems and we take on their ways of being so that, you know, we can feel comfort and we can have our tribe, but sometimes 
you know, you need to really take a risk to be you. I think that's sort of why we're here. That's kind of like why we're here a little bit, I think, is that individuality. Um, and that, yeah, leads me to the next point is my individuality. Really, at that point, I realized that a lot of hardship that I was putting into my own life was coming from this need to align with things in my life, like whether it was like political ideologies or, or whatever, or like these titles I would give myself, oh, I'm this, I'm that really letting go of all of that and really just embracing, no, I'm just Matt. Like Matt's not this or this, Matt's just Matt. So I would say like individual, embracing my, like who I am as a person and being authentically me and not bending that to please other people was a big one because there was a lot of people pleasing happening beforehand. <laughs> uh, another couple of things is like, you know, I come from this background of um, like a STEM background. Like I've been science and mathematics kid my whole life like when I grew up I was like that and that was the class those are the classes that I excelled in in, in elementary school to high school was like all of the sciences and when I went to university it was science stuff too and I really adopted this like very this mindset that everything had to be like rationalized and certain before I would make decisions in my life and a big part of my journey Ben from that point was really like confronting that um sort of that uh, um, th that kind of persona I was adhering to this idea of like this person, I have to be a person who makes every decision based off of logical, rationalized thought. So really letting go of that need for certainty within my life, as if I can somehow this human brain can understand and interpret everything about the universe around me. Um, yeah. So really embracing that sometimes things don't have to always make sense for you to go forward with them. Right. Like sometimes things like, we have to make decisions from the heart and not decisions from the brain. Like they should work in tandem, body, mind, spirit all together. But um, sometimes you, you need to listen to the heart and the gut a bit more and not do things just because, well, it can be rationalized that it shouldn't. So I embrace the uncertainty, I would say. Embracing that things don't have to be all figured out all of the, all of the time. And the last piece I want to touch on is... Um, so yeah, what's the best way to put this? So uh, letting go of the need for certainty. Um, I've got, hold on, I've kind of lost my train of thought. No, I think that's probably a good summation. Letting go of the certainty. Yeah, and I, okay, the last piece, yeah. Letting go of the need for control as well. Because mm. I think that for a long time, I was a person who everything had to be in its place. And I had to like exert all of my energy to making things go the way I wanted them to go. And now I just kind of accept, I surrender a little bit to, to outcomes. I always kind of lead by how I, that with my values and what's that integrity piece and like what's true to me and whatever the outcome is, is the outcome. And just knowing that I'm doing things based on what feels best for me is that anchor that I need. I don't need the control, the anchor to be away from me. I'd rather it be within. So. I love every every bit of that. <laughs> um, and again, you know, the, the second piece definitely very much what I've experienced as well. Um, but the first piece you mentioned, yeah, like the, at least to me, it sounds a lot like identity, like knowing your identity and being rooted in that instead of, um, just doing things to do things or to be good at things or to achieve things. And also then to do things that were inherently you, like you said, the, the people pleasing thing, things that they weren't for anybody else, the way that you're showing up in the world on a daily basis, you're not shaping that to what you think you should be or the, the this version of you that is more successful or what, like whatever it is, you kind of let go of that and shift it into, I could just be authentically me and that's perfect. And that's enough as it is. And, you know, and that's all I need to be. Um, and that's, it's incredibly liberating, right. To it's a, it's a terrifying thing for sure, because we're, we're never quite sure like what that's going to look like. Uh, how others around us are going to respond to that. But 
at the end of the day, it's just so liberating because now all of a sudden you can just let go of all these things you're trying to hold together. Right. Like I'm just like, as I'm talking and like trying to, the energy of it to me is just very tense because it's like, you're trying to hold all this together. You're trying to hold this like perfect in your mind. Right. Cause it's totally just your perception, this like perfect version of you and trying to be so many things for so many other people. And it's, it's exhausting. And yeah, at the end of the day, that's kind of how we, we lose ourselves, right. Is when we don't have that solid foundation for who we are. Um, I do want to hit on the other piece too of uncertainty and control, because I think this is massive. Um, but in terms of the identity piece, were like, did you have a process for that? Or like, as you were going through this period of your life, were there certain things, how did you start to come to terms with who Matt was? Was that a very conscious process or was it like just starting to show up daily and was it more of like a discovering, uncovering type of process? It's a great question. Yeah. A little bit of A, a little bit of B. I think a lot of it is, I mean, a lot of it's still ongoing, but I would say like this sort of shift I had in my life around 2017 really uh, put in a lot of new interests in my life in terms of um, what I was, what I wanted to pursue. And I guess I realized that like the, the route I had gone down didn't give me all the answers that I needed in life. And that I wanted some, I wanted to take on some different perspectives. And that's kind of what actually entered my interest into a lot of the topics I talk about today. I gained an interest for philosophy, um, for spirituality, for building more of a practice of mindfulness in my day to day. And that all came out of that period. Those were all sort of things that I never charted beforehand. And it was through these pursuits in self-study, you know, re- reading books, um, old, old books. They say like, if you want new ideas, read old books, right? <laughs> reading a lot of like old wisdom and stories and really understanding how they relate to my life and uncovering Matt in that way was a, was a big part of it. And realizing that there was a lot of truth and a lot of things that I adhered to that that existed in realms that I didn't first put my mind into. So that was like a, a good un, uh, learning process for me was was studying other things and re- and reflecting on how they relate to my own life. The other was yeah was was in practice in my day to day life was testing um, whether or not who I am could be accepted because. Ben, you were talking about, you know, how exhausting it is to be this person for so many different people. It's like, we, I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt like I almost had a closet full of like masks that I would wear. And it's like, who am I talking to today? What mask do I have to put on? Well, I'm walking down the street. Well, this is who I present myself as. And, you know, I'm visiting my parents. It's like, okay, I'll put on the, the, the mat for my parents. Visiting my friends, I'll put on the mat for my friends, my coach, right? It's like I had this persona to uphold. Mm-hmm. And behind the mask was just like, dread right (laughs) it's like exhaustion for like having to like pretend I'm somebody I'm not fully and it wasn't out of like a an attempt to manipulate or control it was out of attempt of like feeling safe and comfortable and wanting to be accepted right yeah like I want my parents to be proud of me so I'll tell them the things they want to hear to be proud of me I want my friends to think of me a certain way I'm going to present myself in a certain way Um, and I guess what I started doing was I started taking off those masks a little bit and testing the waters. And this is a really difficult thing for a lot of people and people I work with have told me the same thing is that it doesn't always go well because sometimes the people in your life who um, you're wearing the mask to really cling to and depend on that masked figure, right? And um, there's always some backlash a little bit. And that's when you really have to hold true to who you are to deal with it and to cope with it. Yeah. And I think that part is a reason that a lot of people may live with this idea of, they know that to some extent that, and by the way, the metaphor was perfect. Feel exactly the same way. I always, this is the interesting thing. I always prided myself on the fact that I could be a chameleon and kind of, uh, be, be that person, be whoever, what, you know, what the situation called for. And sometimes that's good, but a lot of times, uh, if you're abandoning yourself in the process, it's not a good thing. Um, but 
I think the thing that is the struggle is what you mentioned. People have this sense of, I know that there's a large possibility that if I show up differently, if I show up as more of myself, I may change this dynamic, lose this person. And, you know, I I definitely had it in my life where there was backlash. I've had clients struggle with this, but the magic of that is that yes, it's difficult to go through that and it's scary, but what happens on the other side of that is something that is so much more powerful. You start to have relationships that are much more like deeper and more meaningful. Um, you start to see a different side of others that you didn't know existed, but feels really meaningful to you. You come in contact with people that you never would have because you're opening yourself up to these things. So it's really scary to take those first few steps. And I love what you said, uh, like kind of like testing out, like having the mask off for a little bit and seeing how that goes. Because then over time, once you start seeing not only for yourself and your own experience of like, oh, this feels really good to just show up as me. And you start to root yourself in that feeling of it, like it does feel good. You also start to notice all these other good things that start coming into your life because you are acting as yourself. You are not acting as anybody else or anything that you should or think that you need to be. And so at least in my experience, that's um, definitely been the, the, the motivation for continuing to do so, right? It's like you're positively reinforced to keep being more of you because the things that come to you in your life are vastly um, improved, I would say. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't have, couldn't have put it better. You hit it right on the head. Uh, another part is like, not only do when you start showing up for yourself, like your true self, you actually start inspiring and inviting other people to step into their true self too. Mm. Because although maybe we feel like we wear a mask and it's just us like wearing a mask, it's quite likely that the people around you are also wearing a mask on the same reflection, right? To you. Cause they want to, they want to impress you and, and to show you who they want you to think they are. And when you start being really raw and authentic and um, just really embracing who you are and they take notice of that and go, wow, like maybe I can be a little bit more honest with them too. And, you know, sometimes like that's, that can be a scary process too, because sometimes that truth, those two truth components of who each person are, maybe not be compatible. Maybe the masked versions are, but the truth, truth version isn't. And that's when you have to start making decisions in your life of, you know, what relationships and things are truly meant for me. And that could, you know, although maybe taking off the, off the mask opens doorways, it also might close a few and, and, you know, the, the, there's the truth, I guess, I think the truth of the matter is that's just how life is sometimes with changes. And it's, it's not, there's no one wrong in the instance, like it's not one person, or the other, it's just, it's just how it is. And um, sometimes when we have to, on that progress of stepping into who we really are and our, being the best version of ourselves, we have to let go of some of the things that might be um, holding us back a little bit. Whether yeah. that's like negative relationships, places, career paths, whatever. There's lots of things that are holding us back, addictions, this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and we could go down that rabbit hole. I want to take it another way, though. Um, <laughs> I'm going to quickly respond to what you said about um, uncertainty, embracing uncertainty and letting go of control. Mm-hmm. And then... Kind of want to direct the conversation a little bit more towards your your blog and how you started the blog, and so I think these things are all going to kind of tie together. Um, but the man, like if you could talk about the thing that has changed my life the most, it's it is exactly what you said in terms of um, I've always been very logical, analytical in terms of the way my brain works, very black and white. Uh, you know, it's like a joke with my mom where just like, oh, like you told Benjamin that like there, there's some gray area, like, nope, that's not going to, not going to compute. <laughs> um, but like being able to embrace uncertainty, let go of control, like absolute control freak in the past. Um, and you know, as we've, you, you've alluded to a couple of times, 
these things are, they still exist, right? And they don't just go away, but it's like the extent to which they, they exist or we live in these paradigms. So like, I definitely still like control when I can get it or when I can have it or feel that, but the doing those things has dramatically changed my life and it has brought some of the best things or, or has brought the best things into my life. And it's, it's amazing, like just how powerful that can be. And like you use the word surrender and it's very much something that I do on a daily basis. And so what I encounter, you know, did for myself, but also with people when we're talking about something like this is there's this idea of, well, if I let go of control and of certainty, then I can't show up the way that I need to, or things won't be done the right way, or I won't be able to accomplish things or get to this goal. When really, sometimes if you, if you can let go of those things and you can step into uncertainty, it's not saying that you're not working towards anything or that you aren't putting your best foot forward. It's just saying that you have released this need for those things to be in your awareness and your understanding and for them to be very clear. So instead of like having a step-by-step plan, which I think most of, you know, most people coming from a logical analytical um, viewpoint or paradigm, that's what they like, right? Because that's comfortable. It feels good to have a plan, to know every single step of the way. Uh, There's that control aspect of like, I can... I can alter each one of those as needed, but that's just not how life works in reality. And so I think the big piece is like, once we can, once we can kind of like, you know, pull our hands back and be like, okay, that's just not reality. I'm going to kind of let life happen. And I'm still going to be very intentional about how I show up and the things, you know, the person I want to be, the things that I want to do, the way that I want to impact other people but I'm going to let go of the details. I think for me, at least that's the big part is like, you can still have a direction. You can still have clarity. You can still be very uh, intentional and kind of like assertive in how you show up in the way that you are, are creating your life, but you don't need to know the details. You don't need to know exactly how everything unfolds. And my argument, and I I believe yours would be the same, is like it actually, things get even better when you can actively let go of those things and realize that you're okay with however those end up happening Mm -hmm. because you know your direction and the, the rest will, you are confident that it'll fall in place. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah. A couple of things I want to touch on what you said. I totally, I, I, first of all, I love that you come from also from like a, a science applied science background, because <laughs> I feel like we have like this both similar discovery we're having where it's like, we've been taught that everything needs to be figured out and like strategized and planned to a T and like to the, yeah. to the significant figure of four decimal places, right? Like everything <laughs> that. Yep. But yeah, that's not how life works at all. Um, and that's okay. But uh, the, I want to just touch on the last thing you were talking about. Um, about having to know all the details. And I always talk about like expectations with things and how, and how harmful expectations are in general to our life, no matter how they end up, right? Like on one hand, you set an expectation and for something to happen, right? And it doesn't happen. Well, then you've sent all your energy to perceive that outcome of it happening as the most optimal desirable outcome as if like nothing is, nothing is above it, it's the best. So now that you didn't get it, um, you perceive every other outcome as worse and you're likely unhappy because it didn't fulfill, whether it's like a new relationship with someone or getting that new job or whatever it is. But yet that thing not happening might've led you to something else, something else equally as great or great in a different way. But yet now we can't, we can't focus on the blessings and the, and the amazing things of, and the magic of that new thing, because we're so focused on that feeling of lack that we didn't get that optimal prescribed thing that we set in the past, potentially years ago, right? And then the flip side of the expectation coin is, okay, well, what happens if you expect something to happen and then it does? Well, now we have a couple of things going on there. It's like, sure, maybe we were, we're pretty happy because that relationship worked out or we got that job or 
we won the lottery or whatever the expectation was though that last one's probably not a good expectation to have. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is now we've, we've removed a lot of elements from our life. We've removed that uncertain component. We've removed that surprise, that joy. How can something truly make us happy and joyful and excite, exciting if it happens exactly as we intended it to happen? We've already lived out that in our mind. So now it's just in the real world. Okay. And we've also closed the door to all the things that life could present to us that we're not even aware of. Because in our awareness, there's like the things we know, and then there's like the things that we don't know, right? And then there's the things that we don't even know that we don't know. There's like three layers to it. And I think the best ways in my experience and how I've tried to been living my life the past couple of years is not having, um, not having those expectations and really embracing that I don't have it all figured out and that I don't know what all the options are. So I'm gonna be open and inviting to all of the things that I don't know that I don't even know. <laughs> all of those uncertainties, I'll welcome them into the life because as long as I'm rooted once again in those values and virtues we talked about earlier, then it doesn't matter what thrown at, what's thrown at me because I know I'm gonna act in the way that's most true to me. Mm. Yeah, love, love that. I love absolutely love both ways that you described that. And uh, I'm not gonna try to do it any differently. The final thing I'll, I'll put on that is it's funny. And this is a thing I think that I, I really want to get across to anybody that is still very much uh, somebody that is wanting to hold on to certainty, loves the, that, you know, need or desire for control. The, the way that my life is now, and I was telling, like, I, I told this to a friend the other day and it just felt so good when I was saying it is that I genuinely enjoy not knowing how things are going to turn out that the, the, because here's the thing now, and this is exactly what you were talking about is now possibility is endless instead of like when you're controlling and when you're craving certainty and when you want to operate within that framework the possibility is incredibly limited, very narrow. It may be, it may be the thing that you want, or at least you think you want, but it's not open. You don't have this open field of possibilities. And that to me, because that's how I've lived my life only recently as well, like within the past couple of years, um, it's just so liberating. And so for anybody that especially that struggles with stress and anxiety, um, you know, if you've, if you've had depressive bouts or if you've been depressed in the past, this kind of mental health thing that we, we've touched on a little bit here, like living in this paradigm, it's not to say that all this stuff goes away and that life is just like easy, but on a daily basis, that is not my experience anymore. I'm not stressed and anxious about everything because I don't need to control everything because I know that things will work out somehow, some way, and probably even better than I could have anticipated or tried to make it happen anyways. And so now I just have to sit back and show up the way that I know how to and and do that day in and day out and just trust that um, what's going to happen in my life and what's going to come from the actions that I'm taking that are from a very aligned value-driven place, as you're speaking of, um, you just have to hold so much less. All you have to worry about is you and how you're showing up and all these other things, the how you're getting to kind of your end goals or things like that, like those things fall into place. And so all this, I, and I just had this happen with a client recently, and it's so cool to see somebody else go through this. Like, it's like this stress and anxiety that is just like always on you. It just starts to dissipate. And, and it does and it's not magical. Like it doesn't happen overnight, but over time, it just starts to dissipate slowly until no longer do you have this like heavy, you know, it's like you're wearing this big heavy cloak or, or armor or something like that. And you don't need to anymore. Um, so that's been my experience and it's, I mean, truly the, the number one, uh, kind of like life-changing paradigm shift that I've had. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate absolutely to what you're saying. You know, one way I kind of describe it is like when you're 
trying to plan everything out with certainty, you're taking yourself and you're like locating yourself on this timeline of like the future of where things are going. And, and that's, I think a, a large part where anxiety comes from a lot is because like we have this idea of where we're going to be, where we will be in the future on this timeline. And like, we're worried it's not going to work out the way we want. We're anxious. And the person that we are right now in this present moment suffers because of that. And I think it's reflection. It's sort of like brother, sister emotion is depression because it's like the exact same, but on the reverse, it's like a past event is um, really draining our current present now. So sort of um, what you were just kind of saying, I think what relates to that is like when you are adhere to those values and you release that need for control, you can release this timeline. You no longer operate in this timeline. You just operate in the present now. And that's, that can really let go of those shouldering burdens of, of the anxieties and, and depression. And, and I think stress is, is rooted in that as well, but stress is more to me, like the burdens of the now it's, it's, it's like, once you've released the anxiety and depression of the past and present, it's like, now you can release the, the demand of the now with releasing stress. But, um, and that's, yeah, that's a huge part of the mindfulness practice too, right. And the awareness of, of yourself and who you truly are right now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all very powerful. And I, I hope what we did there, because we didn't start talking about mindfulness and kind of like being present, being in the moment. Uh, and I like that we kind of made our way to that as opposed to, because I think a lot of times when you start the other way around, uh, you can kind of lose people right away and it just doesn't feel very realistic or it feels, you know, a little bit like, oh, like, okay, that's not going to change my life that much. Um, but, you know, hopefully we've been able to depict a little bit how, how it's changed our lives. And because I totally agree. I mean, really what that does, it allows you to be right, be here, be right here right now and, and focus on that and being able to put all your energy into that instead of spreading that across this timeline that you're saying, whether that be in the past or the future, um, which we're going to do because we're humans to some extent, but if we can stay mostly, (laughs) mostly in the present, um, it just starts opening things up. You, you, to me, it's twofold. You you get the joy. You can experience joy for one. That's number one, (laughs) because if you're not in the present, you cannot experience joy. And I think that's really important to really like internalize because a lot of people want to feel happier. And if you can't experience the present moment, you will not experience joy because that's like, it's one in the same. Um, and so that's one thing, you know, especially for people as our kind of past selves, like we've both been there, right? Like we understand what that feels like to not experience joy. A lot of people come to me and they are, they feel like they're kind of on this, um, hamster wheel of like always trying to get to the the next best thing. I'm never happy. I'm never, never feel like things are enough. And that to me is always a sign that you can't be present and you can't be in the moment. Um, so the first thing is joy, but then the second piece of that is you're never, or it's going to be much more difficult to create the future and just your, in general, your experience of life that you actually want to, um, if you're not engaging with the present moment moment and showing up the way that in a very intentional way, the way that you want to, um, you know, if you're spending time in your head, either in the past or in the future, it's going to be a struggle to make steps forward or do or live a life that feels really meaningful to you because um, you're always going to be living in kind of this alternate reality. And I love what you said, Matt, because it's perfect to like refer back to that of like, you're going to be living elsewhere on this timeline. And so your life, your experience of life and your quality of life is diluted across this timeline. Um, So yeah, it's, (laughs) kind of my take on it yeah no i think you put it well um the joy component i think is true i think you can only experience true true joy if you're being aware of your presence in the current moment and that's i think a lot of people get nostalgic for the past and and whatnot because they see like how things were but they weren't truly like living it then right it's like, cause they were probably, well, you know, it's like they're saying, there's like, well, I wish we were aware of like the good times when the good times were happening. Well, 
it's probably that right now is probably in the future, you're going to look back at this moment as being a great time from memory of how things were, but are you living it as a great time right now? Or are you too concerned about other things? Right. And the present moment is really all we, we have like the, the future doesn't, doesn't exist. It's infinite possibilities. There's no way we can foresee what happens. I mean, look at, <laughs> look at the past like year of our lives, right? Yeah. The world, we've how many changes seems like a big change happens every day now. So nothing's certain about the future and the past. It doesn't exist either at this point. It's just memories in our, in our brain cells, right. That are mm-hmm. just, and there's so much um, evidence as well that suggests like psychologically speaking that the way we remember things isn't like our brain doesn't work as like a history book. It remembers more feelings than facts. And the things that we actually remember aren't entirely true either. They're the, they're the way our brain is perceiving those things as a tool for building our current self up. So some events, you know, like I remember talking to a friend about this and they, they know a lot more than I do about it, talking about how even if something happens at like a car accident, a couple hours later, when you interview those people, like the people who are involved, there'll be different stories, not because they're trying to manipulate each other, but because they experienced it differently the same event, but their emotions dictated what they remembered and what they didn't. So it's like, we can have an objective thing that happens in our past, but we might not actually even remember it objectively anymore. We might take the, we might've remembered only the bits we want. So in that sense, like our, our past too, isn't entirely existent or true either. It's really just, we have right now. Yeah, I totally agree. Love that. I want to now shift a little bit to the blog because I'm curious for, you know, all these things we've talked about again, like I think are all relevant. Um, So how did, how did you come to the place that you wanted to start writing about this, about sharing with others? um, And then what has that kind of evolved into for you? Yeah. So let's talk about expectations and like when I went into this and like how things changed and, so where like the fact that I'm even speaking to you right now on like on your platform is like amazing to me and nothing that I ever, um, nothing that I ever anticipated in my past. I was never like, Oh, I'm going to become this person who goes on these podcasts and talks about like spiritual journeys. And whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> not intended. What, what started was, you know, I wasn't living my truth uh, in real life back, back when I was talking to you before about the sort of past life that I experienced. I wasn't living my truth in 2017 and before. And when I started the blog at this sort of turning point in my life called Brave New Matt, I wrote it. I didn't, it was completely anonymous at the time. I never put my name to it. I never put my face to it. I was just publishing it online on, on different platforms. And, and it was all about just speaking my truth because if I could do it anonymously, I wouldn't have to worry about the judgment, right? My friends didn't know about it. My family didn't know about it. I had some readers on the internet. I remember having some I remember having like, like it wasn't that long ago. I only had like five dedicated readers. And one of them is a good friend of mine now uh, who, who in a similar fashion, we talk. Um, but it, it's kind of just fun to think about because how things change. But, you know, I was putting these stories out of how I was experiencing life and how I was thinking about things happening and my actual truth and that authentic message people really gravitate to for some reason. And within the span of a year, or I guess it's been about two years I've written now, but within the first year, um, changes happened. You know, a lot more readers came. People were subscribing to my newsletter that I put out um, every month. And um, and I changed. Like, I, there was more of a demand and access for my personal life. And I started putting my face to it. You know, it wasn't all that long ago. It was only like six months ago that I put my, prof- my face as my profile picture on the blog. <laughs> it used to just be my logo, but I started sharing um, more about myself. And, and I didn't actually start sharing that I had this blog to friends and family until it had like 2000 people following it. And then I was like, Oh, by the way, I'm writing this thing. Wow. <laughs> here's my, here's my truth. Right. And now it's like grown. And you know, my page has like almost 6,000 followers now. And I never, that was never the intention at all. And people just, what I hear the most. And when, when people tell me like what they like about it, it's that humility piece. It's that nuance piece is when a part of my writing is very intentional that I don't ever answer things with certainty. I never finish a blog with like, in conclusion, this, this is the way life is like in conclusion, A, B, X, like this is the way it is. I never answer. Usually I end blogs with a question. It's like, or a reflection. It's like, okay, now that I've thought about this, like what's next, or is this true? 
And I think people really like that uncertainty, that humility piece and that um, transparency piece. And um, so I let those principles kind of guide me now. And what that evolved into, Ben, you're asking like, where's where it's all going? Well, once again, now I'm the past six months, I've been mentoring people as a, as part of my business. And I've been helping people with their life um, journeys and embracing who they truly are and rising up and stepping into who they want to be. And that was, once again, when I started this blog, that was never the intention. I never was like, oh, I want to be a mentor someday. I want to help people. Like maybe I had ideas that I, I did like helping people. I loved giving people advice. And I love listening. Like I've always been a very attentive listener in my life. I've been an observer with things, uh, but I never intentioned it to be a business. But all of a sudden people started DMing me and being like, hey, like, can I get some advice on this? Or can I chat with you? And then, hey, can I, can I meet with you more often? Can I start paying you? And, and all of a sudden <laughs> it changes and it evolves, right? And I don't know if that's what my career path is going to be my whole life, but right now that's what feels right. And like that usefulness piece we touched on in the beginning, like when I'm doing that and I'm being helpful, I feel very useful. And if my intention right now and my purpose is to put my skills to use, then that's right now, I think that's the, the most meaningful way I can. And maybe that leads to something else in the future. Who knows? Things could change in a year or two or five, whatever. And I'm open to whatever that is. So, um, but I guess like maybe my message and my takeaway for whoever may be listening is, um, if you have a thing that you want to do, honestly, just start doing it because it might, it's probably whether you go like, whether it works, like it's probably not going to work out the way you intentioned and like, that's fine. Cause it's going to lead to some amazing things too. As long as your heart's in it. Right. And you're leading with values and not leading with like ideas of what you have to achieve, but lead with, I'm going to do what I have to do because it aligns with who I am. Then there's no way you can fail with it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Cause I love how, uh, just kind of, flowy that process was you know to, for, for the most part right because it's not saying it was like super smooth necessarily there's always ups and downs but mm-hmm. um you know from a high level it makes sense to like like oh okay like that's that's how it played out but what i love about you sharing that is i feel like it does kind of encapsulate all the things that we were talking about because what it turned into you know mentoring people being a business like that's not what you that's not the intention that you set out with so it's a different possibility than the you know the the thing that you the the certainty or the control that you would have wanted uh so like all of this this thing has blossomed from your ability to just like show up be you share your truth and let the rest fall into place. Like you said, this conversation, the blog, like that's all stems from that. And at least from, you know, my understanding, that's all very positive. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just, I like that we were able to talk about this to, to use like a concrete example of what that looked like in, in your life. Yeah. And if I can just add a bit to it, it's like back to that expectation piece. Like when I started, the blog, like it was really, you know, I didn't expect it to be successful. I was just like using it as a tool to speak my truth and to test the waters. Once again, like removing the mask, right? Let's just remove the mask for strangers on the internet. That can't be hard because uh, they don't have notions of who I am. And, and then, yeah, really like, if you were to ask me three years ago, Ben, like, like Matt, would you believe that in three years from now, you're going to be mentoring people and helping them with their with their career and helping them with like life with their life decisions and and you're going to be talking about spirituality and this and you're going to be talking about like mindfulness and empowerment I would have been like I you're a little I don't like I don't know what you're on right now <laughs> like you know like that's not me like I'm a I'm this kind of person right so really mm-hmm. like I didn't even know that was available to me like I knew what I was good at and I knew the things I wasn't good at I didn't even know this whole realm existed and now I'm like in it and it's because I didn't lead with a plan right and I just want to also add too, when I, cause I mentioned before about just going for it. Um, I have a blog right now and yeah, like I see success on it and some people would categorize it as successful. It's, it's somewhere on that path, but my point is about it is I never, ever considered myself a writer. And if you go back to those first early blog posts, like I'm going to look back at them now, objectively in my mind, some of them are pretty bad. 
I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm, I've writing has never been a like a huge skill of mine. I've always enjoyed storytelling, like you know, guiding someone through a beginning, middle, and end. But I've never been really good at putting it into words. Mm. And I guess like now, like it's probably much better than it was. And and that came from a lot of trial and error, and a lot of experimentation, and a lot of um, practice through re- repetition, right? So I guess what I'm trying to say is that if you're someone who's listening and you have an idea for something you want to start, but you're like, oh, I'm no good at that, that good will come. It just requires you to be there fully present with yourself and doing something that you love, right? I always say it's, you can always learn to be good at something. You can't learn to love something. And I, th- I think that holds true. So as long as you're doing something that you love, you can learn to be good at it. Yeah, and I, that... I appreciate you sharing that piece of it because that stops so many, right? Like, yeah. Can you imagine if you would have in that moment been like, Oh, I'm not a writer, so I shouldn't do that anyways. And then you never would have done like, I mean, you can't even really probably I would imagine like be able to uh, have a good feel of what your life would look like right now without that piece of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, just a similar thing for me was in the past, I was like, I always heavily identified with being an introvert. And I was like, oh, I don't want to work with people. I like, that was part of the reason my, I went to school for computer science. And I was like, oh, like sitting behind a computer all day will be good for me because I won't have to be like in these draining engaged, like I wanted to be engaged with people all the time. And ironically here, my business is people, right? Like coaching is people, uh, and it's, it's, it's not blocking because we both talked about how we said we were, or weren't something. So heavily identifying with something you are or not, and then not allowing yourself to see again, very narrow mindset, right? Like not allowing yourself to see or experience any possibilities outside of that. Um, so I love that you've kind of invited and encouraged people to, if your, your heart pulls you towards something, but your brain stops you and be like, Oh, well, I'm not that thing. Or, Oh, I don't do this. Well, like, don't let that be the thing that keeps you from doing. And again, I think that the, the one thing based on my experiences personally, but also with others as kind of like a third step to that is not everything you do has to be successful. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be something that wins you an award or gets a lot of praise. Like that piece doesn't matter. So like letting go of that in and of itself is really important because I think for a lot of us who I call achievers with a capital A is like, we just, that's how like we see the world is like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it well. And that's great to like take pride in doing things well, but as soon as it starts stopping you from even starting or trying something, then it becomes really detrimental. Mm-hmm. Matt, I want to, we've got five minutes here. We both have a hard stop. So I want to make sure to be really intentional to get this last piece out here. Um, I'm sure we could talk about 10 other things, but what I'm curious about, you know, the name of this podcast is Why the World Needs You. And when I realized that this last season that I did it, um, I wasn't really highlighting this for the guests. You know, we, we talk through your story. We talk about all these really impactful things, but I was never giving you an opportunity. And I, t- I tell people all the time that it's really important to own and acknowledge and discover before those two things can even happen, your superpower. What is the thing that you as a human being have that you and only you can offer. And that's not saying that anybody else, you know, can't be you. This is not coming from a place of ego. This is coming from a place of seeing yourself for the unique and beautiful human that you are and what you have to offer the world. Um, and so I'm curious, Matt, for you, what, what is that thing? What is that thing that you have to offer the world? Why does the world need you? Wow. That's a, this is a great question. And it's, I have to admit, it's difficult to not like to stop monitoring myself being like, is that coming from ego or is that coming from truth? Right. (laughs) 
part of the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a little, there's a little internal battle happening right now, Ben. Um, yeah. I would say what I off like why the world needs me. Um, there's a unique pers- journey and perspective that, that happened with my shift and sort of what I'd call like the way I used to live life and the way I live now. And I think what I offer is, you know, I try to, I try to always do my best and a lot of people always do their best. And I always try to be very um, accepting a good listener, judgment-free, always understanding that um, actions usually are understanding people's intentions and whether they're love-based and I suppose what I offer a lot of people why maybe someone would need something like me is that I can, I can be useful to them and not have expectations of, from coming backwards, if that, that sort of makes sense. Something that I offer the people I work with is a judgment-free ear, someone who understands that they're like they're who they are and someone who can offer like critical advice that is, you know, um, ob- like objective and comes from like a place of love. And I think like that kind of person in many people's lives is lacking. So that's why I try to be, be helpful and useful. And, um, and yeah, and I think it's like, also that that's how I'm working with like my personal space and like my career space with, with sort of this environmental component I'm working on is I think a lot of people in the science fields and the environmental field specifically are very certain of everything. Like everything has to be one way or the other. And like that space needs me because someone like me offers to explore that gray area that we talked about before, right? Things aren't black or white. There's some, there's lots of nuance and someone like me provokes the nuance, I would say. And Ben, if I can just add to when I'm just thinking about this too, well, I would say the world needs someone else, like in general, and like for your audience to reflect mm-hmm. on, maybe, yeah. is like really understand that the world needs you because you have a collection of experiences that nobody else has on earth. No matter how similar another person's story might seem to yours, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And like my, my, what I would incline people to do is really identify as themselves and understand that their journey is not like anyone else's despite the narratives that society pushes on us that we have to we're this way so we adhere to this group that's not true at all and the reason why the world needs you is because the world has offered you an a very individualized specific unique experience and it's your duty to share that experience Mm. thank you for that yeah i beautifully beautifully said a perfect way to end our conversation here matt thank you so much for doing this thanks for spending the time with with um if the people want to read your blog get in contact with you where can they do that i'll provide all the links but uh let us let us know here sure so the main kind of hub well you can always visit my website www.bravenewmat.com but also i'm on instagram at at bravenewmat and my blog is linked on medium.com, medium.com slash at brave new Matt. But the links to all of my blogs, I, I post on my Instagram. So if you follow there, um, you'll get all the updates and you can, you know, link in the bio to, to redirect yourself. Awesome. Well, guys, get on in there. Check it out if you resonated with Matt's story. And yeah, Matt, thanks again so much for being on. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Ben. And we're going to talk soon. All right, man. Sounds good. Hey yo, thanks so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that all the relevant links can be found in the show notes below, as well as that of our free Facebook community, where all the cool kids are at, just being ourselves, sharing our gifts, and supporting the hell out of one another. So come on in, introduce yourself, and join the party. See you in there.